Okay, you ready to do this? Ready. Stretch it out. The, the beginning part's always the most awkward part because I never know how to start these things. So I'm going to start it just like this. The regular. I usually start it with like, hey guys, I'm John and you're back at live at 6.05. But you are back and it is live at 6.05. And it's happy to have another week here in glorious season two of the podcast. And as always, I'm joined by a guest usually each week. Sometimes it's myself. This week we have another packed room. Not since Concert Chaos has there been so many people <laughs> on a microphone. And I don't like to introduce the guests until I can make them laugh. So as you can tell, uh, back we have the award winner herself, Val Gomez. Hello. How's it going? It's going. And we have uh, to both of our lefts a podcaster <laughs> who's traveled so far to be here just for this specific podcast, right? So far. So far. We have the lovely and talented Ashley Hepworth. Oh, hi, everybody. From beautiful Canada, Ontario, now located. Well, I won't say where you're Wait. living now in case there's like creepers. You should have just said Ottawa in general. I know. I should have said Ottawa. But uh, you are one of my oldest, dearest friends. So we're happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, whoever I have on the podcast, I always like to, if it's their first time on, I try and like give a little bit of history of who they are and how we know each other and everything. Totally. So I'm going to maybe put you on the spot a little bit and Uh-oh. ask you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, do you remember the first time you ever met me? Because I think I remember the first time I met you. And I can tell you what happened. You tell me what I'll happened. I'll tell you. And you Let's can... like guess the scenario. I don't want to make a mistake. No. You can give her like three <laughs> options and see which one which she one thinks is... it is. Maybe. Do John, it. you're very memorable. So <laughs> Clearly. I feel like there's a lot of first times I met you. <laughs> I think so. Every time you see me, it's like you've met me for the first time. Yes, maybe. there's always something new. Okay, so the first time I remember you was at the time you were dating one of my friends. And yes. I remember he and I were at school and we're getting ready to leave and we're going to walk home. And he's like, he's like, oh, man, he's like, you got to walk home with my new girlfriend now. I was like, okay. Even though I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'd rather, I'd rather walk home and listen to like The Offspring or something like that. Good old were, 90s. Or maybe it was Weezer at the time. This is like Did you 2001. have your headphones on? Yeah, except I had like big ass headphones. You didn't kind of like now though. No, I didn't want to. <laughs> but I remember I was like, okay, so is uh, I met you at the end of like the school day and we all walked home. And then when you walked to... You were walking to his house, and I was walking to my house. We walked for like 20 minutes, and we just went our separate directions. And I don't remember what I first thought of you. I just thought, oh, she won't be around in a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> cut, to like, cut to 10 years oh, later. Thanks, John. That's yeah. so nice of you. So we're happy to – that's my first memory. But what happened on that walk? I think you we don't just, remember? No, I think we just talked, and I maybe just like shook my head a lot to you. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get home and play yes. some like Game Boy or something like that. <laughs> So that's, that's my first memory, and I think that was not the first my time. my first memory of you. No? No. <laughs> Should I even ask? What? Maybe not. No. <laughs> can, can, can I ask? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, don't remember it being so quiet, but it yeah. probably was the first time that we met. Yeah. Uh, it was just cool. Like, we became really good friends, you, me, and Matt. I've talked about Matt on the podcast. Mm. We're, we want to get him. Season one shout out. Season one shout out. If he's <laughs> listening season two, we're going to get him down to Toronto. We'll do a podcast with him and we'll we'll talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that yeah. will be a scary time. That will be a scary <laughs> time. So the three of us, you, me, and Matt, would just hang out all the time and we'd go. I think our claim to fame was we always like to get Little Caesars pizza. Yes. And 
you guys would never want to share your pizza with no. me. So I was forced <laughs> to get my own box of Jack! pizza. Here, here's the thing so. about Little Caesars Pizza for people who don't or do know about it. The thing is, if you get the hot and ready, which is like you walk in and say, can I get the hot and ready? Mm. They give you a medium pizza for five bucks. The thing is, if there's more than one of you, so if it's you, me, and Matt, we would all buy our own box. But before we opened it, because... <laughs> Out of those three boxes, there'd only be one good pizza. That's so true. It's so, it's so very true. There'd yeah, be one pizza. Pe- best cheese on yeah. it. <laughs> there'd be one pizza that just came out of the oven, but the other two would have been there for like ten minutes. <laughs> so you would kind of like gamble and be like, "Which box do you want?" It's Tell just- me you did yeah. not give Ash the worst pizza. Well, I'm sure you got okay. the worst pizza Here's a couple the thing. times. We get in the car, and whoever was sitting in the back would be like creeping into the pizza box. <laughs> that is amazing. Looking to see, and maybe even taking pizza out of the good box and <laughs> like putting substitute. into their box because we'd claim our box. Boxes. Well, I remember like I love that statement. Claim your box. Claim your box. Yes. <laughs> that's that's, that's then, a different term a in the porn off. industry. <laughs> you got to claim your box, girlfriend. <laughs> but I was gonna say the, one other thing is if so, say if if Matt got like the really good pizza and I got the really shitty one, what you would do is I would be like, I'll trade you two shitty pizzas for one good slice of pizza. You'd barter your trade. pizza. Yeah, there was trades. Like, give me one good slice of pizza and you get two shitty yeah. ones. So, like, even if he it got... It would happen at home after we'd all opened the box Why did you just it? go to another location that gave you all good pizza? Didn't matter it, which it Little just, Caesars you so go good. to. No, but, like, not Little Caesars. Oh, you gotta go to Little Caesars. To Little Caesars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was the best pizza. It could not be Little Caesars. <laughs> Remember how, like... So ridiculous. <laughs> I was so disappointed uh, recently. I think when I was back home for Thanksgiving... And I went to Little Caesars like just by myself, and they were closed down for like holidays. I was so angry. But then when Val and I went to Ottawa, back <laughs> little in, things for John, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> we went back in March, and I, we got Little Caesars. Yeah, that was like a midnight munchie run. It was, yeah. Like I called them at like midnight, being like, "Are you guys still open?" He's like, "For another twenty minutes, I'll be like, I'm coming. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't close down on us." So yeah, that and we we were slowly building slow build friends i don't know that, why that sounds slow build, slow build friends, friends. And then yes. we just kind of started ca- fighting over food fighting <laughs> over food and then we bonded over pizza i just want to say something about the pizza though i know yeah. exactly what you guys were doing at first you shared your pizza with me they would give me like a few out of their boxes okay. they wouldn't be such pigs <laughs> and then it was and then it was no i think you know we think you got to get your own pizza but the thing is i could never finish my pizza yeah. so i see what they did they got, they got extra pizza because i couldn't finish mine this That's may or exactly. may not be true. And on top of that, I wouldn't get the good pizza. So I lose, You gave lose. her the gross pizza lose, leftover, lose. but then you wanted her remains of her pizza to fill your yeah. gluttonous... Uh, I, it was, it was That's diff- how the friendship started, too. Yeah. It was a different time frame. It was the early 2000s. 9-11 just happened. I was in a crazy bad place. State. Bad state, you know. All this stuff. <laughs> right. You um, just needed some leftover pizza. Yeah. As a message pops up on the window there. And I was going to say, there's well, we have a topic for this week, but before we get into that, a couple other funny things we can talk about is uh, when it comes to like Ashley and Matt, just kind of a couple funny things was they've come down to visit me because we all lived in Ottawa together and hung out. And then when I moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. they came down to visit me a couple of times. And I just remember, like this was before there was beautiful Club 605 that we live in now, mm-hmm. when I used to love, live in Club 201, which was a tiny <laughs> bachelor apartment. I still love that bachelor. Yeah, and we were watching... Uh, well, I was reluctantly watching last night, but uh, <laughs> there were some very incriminating videos of me and Matt during very a birthday. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. So we'll call it entertaining of uh, my birthday probably six years ago when you and Matt came down and you spent the weekend in my bachelor apartment, the three of us. And we had Sean and Dan from <laughs> Concert Chaos fame came over too and we all partied. And there was just 
karaoke videos that you took of me and Dan singing Super Shitbag Wasted. Shitbag Wasted. And then oh my goodness, there's a funny video of you and Matt doing karaoke. And I just jumped Matchbox on stage. 20, 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> we were so into it. And you were like our, our dancer on the side. Yeah. And it was just it was just funny to watch that. I'm like, wow, I, I vaguely remember this night. That's amazing. And I remember we went to this karaoke bar for my birthday. And I didn't realize it was a gay bar at the time. <laughs> yeah. And there's just like all these like people just having a lot of fun dancing. And people were like, hey, you go, girlfriend. And this and that. And I'm like. A very nice crowd here. You loved it. Yeah, there's that, and then so that was a fun weekend, and I'm surprised we didn't kill each other after living in like the yes. small box for a weekend. Do you want to mention the eggs? Ooh. Oh, this is <laughs> gets me going even to this day. Maybe this should be your if sponsor Matt hears for this. this week. He's oh, gonna laugh. He'll hear. I'm gonna. I'll text him when it comes out and be like, "Yeah, listen to this," because he'll remember yeah, this. He's gonna and remember he'll, he'll have his own uh, explanation to what really happened. But this is the truth. So before Val and I started dating. I was a bachelor in the respect that I would not have food in the apartment. <laughs> so back to the pizza thing, I would just have like pizza. This would this would be my dinner. I'd either make steak dinner for myself, <laughs> order McDonald's, or order pizza. I love the degree of food you're eating. Or French toast. Those would be like my four dinners. <laughs> oh my goodness. Every once in a while, I get fancy and eat steak, fries, and have an apple on the side <laughs> to like balance out my nutrition. You what may have you... had scurvy at one point. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> what did you do with your uh, pizza boxes? Uh, you know, the thing is, the pizza box wouldn't fit down the garbage chute. And I didn't always want to go to the basement to throw it out, so I just put them in the oven to <laughs> yeah. hide them. Or the fridge. I or the remember fridge. coming over and there was three empty pizza boxes. <laughs> I think that was like the start of the egg story because I think Matt was really stoked yeah. to see the pizza boxes in the fridge, but there was nothing in them. What the time again? This is this is like you 2004. Order. Katrina had just happened. I was in a bad place, you know. I didn't know what to do with my pizza boxes. The damn Mother Nature. She's yeah. just getting you. So you and Matt were coming down for my birthday, and you were coming down, staying at my place. And like I said, I was a bachelor, so all I had in my fridge at the time was like – beer, pop, and, like, eggs because I would make, like, <laughs> breakfast for myself. So weird. And so I think you and Matt came down on a Friday. It was, like, late, like, 11, really maybe late. even midnight. Even though we live downtown and there's lots of open places to get food, <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt insisted that he's like, oh, I'm starving. I got to get some food. And to your point, I think you even asked him on the way, like, do you want to stop for food? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. So he comes to my apartment, and I'm gracious enough to let you guys stay over. <laughs> so gracious. So gracious. Like... <laughs> King among men or whatever. <laughs> and then Matt's like, I'm starving. I'm like, well, I don't Isn't have a... generous, not gracious? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I just sound like a jerk now. <laughs> There's that impeccable grammar again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Matt's like, I'm starving. I'm like, well, I don't have any food. Even though I knew I had eggs, but I'm like, I don't want to get into my eggs. He looks in the fridge. He sees like three eggs. So he eats the only food I have in the, in the house. Not three like eggs. raw though, right? No. This is the other thing. Is he's like, I'm going to make scrambled eggs. So it's like midnight. He's getting out the frying pan. He's getting the whisk out. He's putting the last of my milk and you butter. So pissed. And he made eggs. And he made this big mess. He's just like, well, I'm not cleaning up the dishes. Meanwhile, there's no food. All these dishes. Midnight on a Friday. And, and you know, John, he has to clean his dishes immediately as well. So I could picture this pissing you off even more, actually. Well, right now it's Saturday morning. Val just made us a really nice breakfast. And there's all these dishes in the sink. And I'm like, it's not getting at them. <laughs> Don't look right at them. <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for after the podcast. Yeah, so Matt ate my eggs and I washed the dishes the next day. and then. Okay, wait. I have a confession. I don't yeah. know if I actually ate eggs, too. I don't did think I eat any? You, Enabler. I don't think he I think it was just Matt. I think you Matt's saw how cook, I upset so I was. I don't know if I would have <laughs> kind of 
been in on that after you were pissed about it. I don't know, but nah, it's, I think it's I just. I laughed. I took yeah. the back seat on that one. <laughs> it's funny because I just remember like I was super upset that night for whatever like the stupidest thing, and now it's like oh that's the funniest story ever. It's just like I got upset that I ate my eggs. <laughs> like, <laughs> So pissed. I'm pretty sure you wanted us to go home. I think so. I was like, you guys can get out of here. (laughs) And then, so it's just, yeah, I'm like, it's too bad you guys didn't stay over, like, now that we have the big Club 605 two-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's even, I used to live with this old lady. Oh, Uh, my goodness. I'll save my... That was like a dungeon. Yeah, I'll save that story because I want to do a podcast, uh, hopefully, with uh, a special guest, one of your brothers, about roommates and stuff. Yeah. So I won't talk too much about this house, but I lived... Uh, my third year of school, I wanted to get out of residence, and I moved into like this townhouse. Or no, I moved into this house. This lady was running out like the top part of her house. Mm-hmm. She turned out to be really old and smoked and get drunk and would like hit on me and stuff. <laughs> but I'll save those stories for another time. Yeah. And so I remember another time you and Matt came down, and it was just like I only had one bed at the time, and it was like a single it was bed. A single, yeah. And it was just like we've. And that was the, the that was the only room you really hung out in because this house was pretty much empty and yeah. haunted. I think the the lady moved out by this point. So like when yeah. you guys came down, Whoa, she wasn't it was like there. Abandoned. Yeah, and like the basement looked like the Blair Witch oh, Project. Why didn't you just take the up part you of got the house? Stuck in that basement. I, I did have the up part. Huh? Oh okay. Yeah, Matt locked us in the basement one night too. <laughs> and That's just, fucking scary. And you know, it was really scary, and I was yeah, under I some cried. controlled substances For at sure. the time. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't be here. I'm freaking out. <laughs> it think, was scary just going down to the fridge to get food. I can imagine even just like watching those videos yesterday, even the way like the lamp was positioned, it felt like oh, yeah. there was no light in that room whatsoever. Yeah, so. yeah, I know it's crazy, but it, you think back now, you're just like, oh, it's fun that you you get through like those. Like shitty, not shitty circumstances, but like shitty accommodations where I'm like, we none of us really had a bed. You had like the one single, it wasn't even a comfy yeah. bed that you slept on. It was like <laughs> yeah. this hard thing. And and even then we were all rotating. Yeah. And at like, least that's nice that you guys would rotate. Some people could yeah. just be assholes and be like, I feel I'm like we didn't sleep at all. No, I think it was just like a lot <laughs> of just partying or something. Fighting, <laughs> fighting, partying, partying, not sleeping. Not it looked sleeping. like you guys downed a bottle of moonshine. <laughs> I know. There's a video we were watching where it's just like me chugging a whole like Bacardi bottle straight. And Which then, you wouldn't do now, so I find that super bizarre. No, I hate that stuff. I'm like, just give me a, a nice beer. That's that's and all. Twizzlers. I Twizzlers and Twiz. Oh, I still eat Twizzlers. That's for my birthday last week. A lot of people came over and they either bought me booze or gummies. Yeah, Kate like stocked you up. Yeah, which was funny. So that's kind of our introduction to uh, to Ashley for this week's podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to have her here. Here, her, her. As I <laughs> sound like Nelly from 2002, hot and her. And we always have a topic this week. And usually I'm the one that introduces the topic. But there's a couple of different things we want to talk about. So I'll let the lovely award winner Val bring it up. As this was your idea for a podcast. We went to obviously we went to Barbados, and on the trip there, we were having a discussion at the airport, and just like all over the trip, you and I just get into really, really prophetic conversations about different topics and one of them happened to be how our generation so generation y kind of gets plagued with like this bad reputation where we all have this huge sense of entitlement we either we obviously have this huge amount of debt we're overeducated, but like we don't work or we don't want to work and we got into this huge debate because i read an article in the atlantic um by Derek thomas and it was called the unluckiest generation what will become of the millennials and so you and i got into that topic but it's really interesting because where i think we're on one side of generation y mm-hmm. there's almost like a split divide of people who are really ambitious and want to work hard and overcome their debt and get into the careers 
and then there's the other side who kind of succumb to that actual stereotype. Yeah. So, and I think right now it's like all three of us sitting here. I think we're on the one side of the good side. The good yeah. side of Generation Y. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. We can talk about that. Sure. I think it's like I think and also like having Ash here, it's really interesting because it's like I obviously only met Ash through you, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's like you and I could be best friends, like literally on the side if not we're going shopping oh, totally. after this oh i think so i think you guys want to kick me out and just, just girl <laughs> talk um, yeah. so but it's really interesting to hear like what you wanted to do as a child is literally coming to fruition right now what you wanted yeah. to do mm-hmm. when you were younger exactly the same exactly the same for me so we're all kind of you know shaped and done what we want to be doing yeah uh yeah i i remember growing up uh i didn't I never liked school. Like, school wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like studying. My claim to fame, I always say, I haven't studied for an exam or a test since high school. Mm-hmm. And look at me now. I'm doing all right for myself. <laughs> Not saying that every kid shouldn't study, but yeah. school wasn't for I me. hated kids like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I knew I hated math. Mm-hmm. I was cursed with the Malin genes when it came to math where I just sucked at it. Really? So I feel I'm like gonna... your dad would be really good at math. No, and I'll bring it up. He's going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Depending on when this one airs, he either was just on or he's going to be on like the next one. Yeah. I'll I'll talk to him about math. I've talked to a few people about my dad coming on, and my cousin Andrew wants to talk to my wants me to talk to my dad about when he owned the video store. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Jen's friends, my sister. I think it was her friend Jen wants me to talk to my dad about his different like hairstyles, <laughs> and then I'll talk do to a him. Video podcast. I should, for and then I'll awesome. also talk to him about like the Malin math curse because it's real and it was he was as good at math as I was, which Aww. was not very good. Okay. So I, t- I hated math, wasn't interested in science, hated Canadian history. That's boring. The only and so like this is me growing up. The only courses I liked in like co- high school was drama. And I liked ComTech, which was computers, like, making movies and, mm-hmm. like, animation and this and that. I definitely – I never really did well in school when it came to, like, math, science, this and that. But ComTech, I remember I got, like, 99% in. Yeah. I was like, wow, we made, like, our first, like, short film where we filmed it with a camera, edited it. Was it, like, really emo? Like, somebody died in the video no. and drowned themselves in the bathtub? No. And no that was, that <laughs> their was, heartbreak and then – That was me in college. <laughs> Like every school student has to have the most emo video for primary. And you know who was in that video? Ding, ding, ding. Me, Matt, and Ashley. (laughs) Good times. Good times. No, that that was college when I thought I was like, you know, a sensitive artist. The high school video. You have a beret. No. I remember the high school video I made. It was me and a couple friends. We made like a a Mission Impossible like parody. Oh, okay. It was about you trying to break in out of class. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was. And we got really well. And I remember like – actually editing it on the computer being like this is really cool this is mm-hmm. what i like and so when i was like going through high school i'm like okay what I did you do... edit it on i don't even final remember cut wasn't, wasn't even final cut it was it was like really basic like it was just basically just putting like sequences together and like yeah. cutting out like the yeah. uh, whatever it is so uh i did well in that did well in drama and i did well in gym <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't do who doesn't well do well in gym oh <laughs> except for like that one person Kids. who's like having an asthma attack and 900 pounds in gym doesn't yeah. want to be there Aww. so through high school i just remembered being like okay i suck at everything ex- like uh, except for these like certain amount of things like computers this and that so i'm like what can i do with this i'm like well i really like even when i was a kid i would make home videos mm-hmm. 
And, like, there's just home videos of my dad, like, us putting up the Christmas tree. And you just see me running and, like, taking my shirt off, dancing around, being like, <laughs> my dad's like, get out of here. What are you doing? And, like, me mooning the cameras like an eight-year-old boy and stuff like that. <laughs> so, I'm like, I always liked the camera. But I didn't necessarily, like, being on camera. I liked mm-hmm. being behind the camera and, like, making funny videos. Right. There was one video I made. I wish I still had it. But uh, it was called, like, Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, me and, like, a bunch of G.I. Joes. Of course it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was just, like, a random video of me and G.I. Joes, like, doing, like, oh, my God, he's driving off a cliff now. And it's, mm-hmm. like, me editing it on the camera, like, hitting stop. Oh, cool. Running, changing the shot. Yeah. Changing the camera. Hitting record. Very cool. Like, before I could even really edit, I was, like, mm-hmm. editing on the camera. That's cool. And Very so, Spielberg inspired. Yeah. I think what I did was when I was in, like, grade 12, I went to, like, guidance counselor and just being, like, this is what I like. I think I want to work in TV or film or movies she's or something like, like that. There's no future in that. No, she said, she's like, that's awesome. She's like, this is what you have to do to get into it. Like, she's oh, actually really? helpful. She's like, uh, she's like, go volunteer. She's like, there's Rogers Cable. Go volunteer. Because to get into school, a lot mm-hmm. of times you have to have ambition or like experience or like, you have, they have to see the drive because so many kids want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then so many kids who did want to do it were getting like 90s in math and school science. And right. it's like, I didn't have the grades other than like computers and, and, uh, uh, like drama mm-hmm. so she's like go out and get experience so i remember after grade 12 i was in that stupid class where the grade 12s and the oacs graduated hey i was in that class yeah but it wasn't <laughs> it pretty shitty like there's all these people who graduated at once not really because they're all like my current friends too like alistair chris and all of them well, i just mean for getting into schools yeah i guess so. stuff like that after grade 12 i took the year off and I'm not going to get, again, too much into this topic because that's another podcast with another one of your brothers about <laughs> jobs you've had, I've yeah. had. So I took the year off uh, after grade 12 and I ended up volunteering at Rogers Cable. Mm-hmm. So like I would, I think I worked on Swap Shop. I don't even know what that is. I was, don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically people... You seem pretty proud of that story though just now. I was like a 17-year-old, 18-year-old guy like working on TV even though it was like cable. Okay. It was basically people would call in and be like, I have an old toaster I want to sell. And the lady would be like, okay, so what features does your toaster have? And he'd be like, it's this model, this and that. She's like, okay, if you guys want to buy a toaster, call Jim. At- Are you kidding me? It was like a live Kijiji. Yeah. So like, like a live Craigslist. So I would do stuff like I would do the Chiron where I would put up the person's name and phone number. So I'd manually punch it in and show up on screen. Did you ever make dirty names? No, but I definitely one time I spelled people's <laughs> names wrong. And the person didn't yell at me, but they're like, she's like, it was some word where she's like, how do you spell this word? I'm like, like this. She's like, no, you spelt it wrong on air. I was Which like, is so true, though. Like, after this weekend, we re- recognize how shitty of an actual oh linguist is. Yeah, if it wasn't for are. spell check, I'd be just like a big dummy. Yeah, you'd spell check articulate my yourself through pictures. Yeah. So. Monkeys equals monarchy. monarchy. How, did, how did you spell flowers? Get flowers. Ours <laughs> was just as bad. The problem is, is neither of us recognized it then. I know. Yeah, but like, I know. Fast forward, like what? So, six, so seven, six, seven years, years, years now. Later. We've improved. Exactly. <laughs> They're both employed. Yeah. <laughs> For how long, though? <laughs> So I did that, and I remember being like, oh, this is super cool. I like working for TV, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I also realized, I'm like, well, I don't think I can, for what I want to do, at the time I didn't know if I want to do TV or film. Like being in Ottawa, that's not really the, where the industry is. Like they have uh, like the A channel at the time, and Ottawa A channel. It's just like very pretty like basic TV stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to go, let me go to Toronto, because that's where I know where like, 
City TV yeah. and CTV and Global and this you and that. You had family here, right? Because your aunts and uncles Yeah, a, a couple aunts and uncles and cousins lived here. Mm -hmm. Dan, who we all know, moved to Toronto to go to Ryerson. We've talked mm -hmm. about that. I spent a weekend, came down to visit Dan at Ryerson after I met Sean. Mm -hmm. and we got drunk. I did somersaults down the hallway. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is what it's like living downtown. This is awesome. <laughs> and so I applied for school. I applied to Ryerson, mm -hmm. Centennial College, and Algonquin. Mm -hmm. Ew. And I got into two out of three of those schools. Yeah. You want to guess which one I didn't get into? My Ryerson. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. And so I, I had to make the decision. Like, was that the year maybe Sean would have been in then? He uh he he was a year ahead of me. So oh, okay. This was like I was a year. He's a year older than me. Yeah. So. But if you took a year off, then you would have applied to the same year he would have. been. No, he he applied the year I took the year off. Oh, okay. Something like that, because he graduated in the yeah. OAC. Gotcha. So we graduated at the same time. He went to school that year. I, yeah. And it almost yeah. been in Kate's year. Yeah. Really? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, like, I went, and I just remember, I got into Centennial and Algonquin, and I had to make the choice, like, do I want to live in Ottawa, or do I want to go to Toronto and, like, move away and, and do this kind of stuff? And I'm Assert like, your career. Exactly. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to Toronto, go for school there. And I remember uh, my dad always says, when I first moved to, like, residence, because I had to live in residence, mm -hmm. my parents moved me down. We went to dinner. And my mom's just like, I remember she said the the day you moved into residence, she's like, Mom, I'm not coming back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is so sad to think. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, no, don't say that to your mom. And clearly I went back for holidays and stuff. But I'm just – I think I meant like I'm not going to be living in Ottawa ever again. Like this is me. It was a good moving. choice. Yeah, it was, it was good. A good decision. And I made like a lot of friends down here. And I just like – this is where like for TV and film, this is where you do it. Right. And I got a job right out of school, City TV, and I just – I've been, been here ever since. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, it's been cool. I've, I knew I wanted to work. So in how media. old were you then when you moved out of Ottawa? Like 19? 19, yeah, when I moved to residence. Which is pretty badass. Yeah, like I would spend the summers back in Ottawa yeah. still. But like when I moved into that old lady's house, that's when I never came back. I had the taste of <laughs> I love that, that, that house. house. That, yeah. house that old house. <laughs> yeah, so the only thing I, I didn't know when I was like going to school, I'm like, do I want to work in film or do I want to work in TV? Mm -hmm. I thought when I, when I first moved and came down for school, I'm like, okay, I have to be a director because that's what, you know, the highest level of anything is being a director. Right. And then I did like school projects where I directed things. I'm like, I don't like directing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I like editing. I like writing. I like doing stuff like that. I don't want to be a director. Right. I don't care about telling everybody what to do or like, mm -hmm. I'd rather write a film yeah. than have someone direct it for me and get actors sure. and this yeah. and that. And it wasn't until, like, actually when I got into, like, City TV that I realized how much I liked writing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went and did, like, the Second City course. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm a producer now, so I, I do a lot of writing, editing, producing this and that. But I'm like, I like writing the most. And that's, like, kind of my next step For sure. that I want to do is I want to get more into, like, writing aspects. Yeah. Which like... I, I've done, like, with Second City and I've written. I guess we've talked like about... scripted content. Scripted content. Like, I think I'd really want to do is work on like a late night talk show, mm -hmm. like a Jimmy Fallon. And you're still taking... That'd be cool. It's yeah. super cool. And mm -hmm. you're like actively taking steps to do that. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I think we talked about it before and I went to Chicago for a couple of days and did like the Saturday Night Live experience where I worked mm -hmm. with a writer from SNL and this and that. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple other things like I want to maybe go to... They have a course in LA that mm -hmm. I can talk about another time and just like where it's actually they have a course in LA for two months where it's writing for late night comedy mm -hmm. where it's writing for Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or Conan O'Brien cool. and like you learn cool. how to do it how you get into the business and this and that so it's kind of cool like even though 
I feel like I'm where I should be like work wise. Like mm-hmm. I'm a producer, which is really good for our my age. And mm-hmm. you became Definitely. a pro- producer even younger than I was. You were like 24 or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I still see where I want to go. Yeah, I think the cool thing about you is though when I first met you and we were like getting to know each other mm-hmm. and whatnot, you first said to me, "You're like, oh, I really want to be in LA by the time I'm 28." And so I was like, oh, really? I remember like, when you were thinking that. Yeah, and I thought that was, like, really bizarre because at that time, if we're so young, it's yeah. like, well, what's going to happen in four well, years? How, right? old am I, how, what, how old did I just turn? Yeah, 28. like 28. <laughs> and so now it's like, you are going to be going to L.A. most mm. likely while you're 28, which I think is, like, super cool. Well, the other thing is I'll say about me and then we'll move on to you guys. And you can talk about, like, how you knew what you wanted mm-hmm. to do and this and that. When right before I went, I think when I was like in grade twelve, and I f- figured out what I wanted to do and like where I wanted to go to school, I was like, okay, I'm gonna set up like little goals for myself. Where I had like six month plan, the two year plan, the five year plan, You're like, like my the ten year plan, dream, like sibling. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, I have no plans. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm not necessarily like like I don't always do that now, but I just remember being like seventeen, eighteen, being like, okay, in six months, I want to be in school for broadcast and film. Right. And two years from now, or three years from now, I want to graduate, learn what I need to learn. Four years from now, I want to be in Toronto with mm-hmm. a full-time job right. working in the industry. And I was like, and then by 28, when I said, I'm like, that's when I want to have like a career job by 28. Like, I, I don't want to be an intern or this, that. I want to be like, this, this is like is a your career. life, yeah. And so I, I, and all those things that came true, like I got to school, mm-hmm. I moved to Toronto, I got work right out of school. Like I got hired as an intern. Mm-hmm. And then before 28 is when I, I became a producer at like 26. Yeah. Which is what I meant by like this is what I want to have. Okay. But then I did say like 28. I'm like I want to live in LA. Things have changed. Like I realized I don't want to live in LA. I'd rather – Like work. Work. Like I'd rather yeah. – I could be a writer in New York. I could be – mm-hmm. I could write for like say like George Trompolopoulos show here in Toronto. Like I, I realized – I just thought you had to go to LA and be a director by 28. And then, yeah. you, and then you learn along the way. Like you I learn, think, yeah. I think the neat thing about you is you're so you're already really well established. Mm-hmm. And since I've known you, you've been an incredibly ambitious and motivated individual. Yeah. And it's really refreshing to see that you constantly search for something different to do, like the mm-hmm. thing in LA. Yeah. You know, so you're constantly growing. So you're happy where you are, but you're yeah. growing and you're learning along the way. And I think, um, I think. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I don't think, like, no matter how successful you are, you don't want to ever get too comfortable. For sure. And yeah. so you should always have ambitions. Like, even if, like, you're uh, a manager of a department, it's like, well, I want to be a manager of the company, or I want to yeah. be the boss. Or you this. always want to be always, challenging yourself. You always want to be challenging. You don't want to get, I find if you get too comfortable or you get too stuck in what you do, that's when you get bored and tired and work starts slipping and you get unhappier. It's just like, mm-hmm. always have, like, different goals. And I think, like Is I said. Is there ever a point where you wanted to quit? Which would bring us back to Generation Y. Take uh, the easy road out. I never wanted to quit. What happened was, I remember, so what happened was I was an intern at City. Mm-hmm. Then I got hired on as a unit assistant, which is basically just like a paid intern. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing the exact same thing as an intern except getting paid. Yeah. Then I became a coordinator, which was awesome. Like I was on contract for City for probably almost a year. Then I got hired on full-time as a coordinator, which was like amazing. Like This is awesome. Full-time now. It gives me a chance to... like. I, I know I want to edit and produce, so it'll give me a chance to stick around here. Uh-huh. And I was a coordinator for probably about two, two maybe three years, I guess. Okay. And I never got upset with it. I just realized I wanted more than this. And I'm like, I want to become a producer. Because I always, I looked up to like the city TV producers. Uh-huh. I admired what they did. I thought they were fan- like some of the best producers in Canada. Uh-huh. And so I would 
rather than me being like getting upset and be like I don't have I'm not a producer I'm going to quit and go somewhere else until mm-hmm. someone gives me a producer job I'm like what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay my dues I'm going to stay late and do my own promos just for myself whether or not mm-hmm. they make it to TV whether mm-hmm. or not I just show them to my boss yeah and so that's what I did I would wait I would go in for work for nine wait for the producer to leave at five go upstairs get a show like The Office and just do my own promo until like seven or eight at night mm-hmm. show it to my boss and she'd be like oh this is really great mm-hmm. and put it on TV or not and it's just like it's experience yeah it's experience and I remember when you and I first started dating I was a coordinator and you had just become a producer. I was covering Matt Lee, yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing was, I was like, here's a girl who's, what, you were 25 or so, 24 at the time when you mm-hmm. came a producer. I'm like... It's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, you're so young, you're crazy doing what crazy. I want to do. But it's exactly the same thing. I was like, well, I want to start cutting stuff one after everybody else leaves. You were a coordinator too. Yeah. And I was just going to say, the cool thing was I never got jealous, because I think people can maybe can get jealous of people if we're mm-hmm. the same age bracket and they're more successful. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing was, I'm like, I never got jealous. I just got motivated. I'm like, see, that's that's the best way to say it. Yeah, and I'm like, I want to do what you're doing, and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to figure out how you became a producer so young. Because I mean, a lot of producers, I mean, there are a lot of young people like RH who do it, but a lot of them are just like 30, 40, 50. They just you got to get experience to do it. I think though you touched on like really important things. We all were having this conversation yesterday. It's like Mm -hmm. if you're all in like the same age demographic and like people are doing like obviously we're all at the age where like some of our friends are getting married some of our yeah. friends are buying houses and it's like a lot of our friends are buying well, houses and, like everyone we know just bought a house like i feel compelled to buy yeah. a tree house or something now. <laughs> 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 it's like i can't afford real things um but it's like do you naturally feel like you have to progress at the same rate as like all of your friends and it shouldn't be that it should just no. be motivated to like for you to personally go to your next step yeah because yeah, some people too uh, like let's just say you want to become a lawyer or a doctor. You can't become a lawyer or a doctor at age 25. You have to go to school for seven, eight, nine, ten years, yeah. and then start as an intern at 30 and work yeah. your way. Like it's paralegal. a commitment. Yeah. It's a long term. Totally. Some things you can become more successful technically at a younger age. I mean, unless you're Doogie Howser, you can't become a doctor <laughs> at eight years old. So it's just like you shouldn't compare yourself. Like if I'm doing so well now at age 25, and I have a friend who wants to become a uh, like a lawyer or something it's like well realize at 25 you're still going to be in school or like don't get jealous or this or that or even someone in the industry who would want to be a producer like i saw you you're uh you came a producer younger than i did and i'm mm-hmm. just like i'm gonna do what you're gonna do i'm gonna work as hard as you did and i never got jealous it's just like you no. should be motivated motivated by these people yeah and stuff and recognize the same fact though that we're all doing different occupations Right, so yeah. the, the actual pacing is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk to the guests who traveled the furthest to get here. Go to town. Didn't travel that far. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's, it's really like a four and a half bad. hour trip. GPS yeah. was used. Didn't hit yes. any traffic. It was yeah. amazing. Nice. Where do I start? You start wherever you want to start. This is your well, your chance to talk to anyone who's listening in Afghanistan, in <laughs> South Africa, <laughs> Barbados, Aruba. <laughs> Michigan, Turkey, Turkey, Kansas City, all my friends <laughs> in Edmonton, <laughs> Montreal, everybody out in Ottawa. We're going like, to shout out to every nation that New listens York, to you. Everybody in Boston who listens. No pressure or anything. Done? Just, just okay. an international <laughs> podcaster. Because you're famous? Or? A little bit. you know. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty big in the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I'd I say. didn't even know what a podcast was. And now I got you listening. <laughs> and now I'm listening and talking. And recording. <laughs> I think you're awesome. 
Well, thanks, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at a really young age, I actually um, started doing really weird role plays with my mom, and it was always... Never know where these stories are going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My my poor mom, she would, she would sit for hours, and just, oh. I'd be the teacher, and she'd be the student. Okay. And so from a young age, like, I was really, really shy, but at that point, when I look back, I think, oh, I see, like, it kind of um, matches with the things that I've for done sure. thus far. Mm. Um but like you, John, math, terrible at math. <laughs> like, I went to yeah. summer school twice. Me too. I'd go, I'd go once. It was the worst ever. Yeah. What grade did you go? I went in grade 11, like the last year that I had to. That sucks. And <laughs> let me tell you what sucked about this. In, uh, for math, every year I went to a tutor. I stayed for extra help after class. I did all these things. And I always told my teachers, I'm like, I don't want to do math. I just have to do it like I don't need pass. it I'm like I don't even need it for broadcast like they don't need math for what I want to do for college mm-hmm. and I remember I failed grade 11 math last year with a 49 even though I did extra credit just went to a 50. tutor stayed oh. for, I had to go to summer school and I got 51 in summer school and I'm like fuck you math I'm never doing it again I can't believe you failed math in 11 yeah because <laughs> then it's like well you did you did okay in 9 and 10 I know Seriously. that really sucks my problem was 9 and 10 oh, okay. I failed in 9 and 10 and went to summer school in 9 and, <laughs> and 10, 10. <laughs> and I did better in summer school but math was not my thing science was not my thing but the arts were definitely my thing social sciences yeah. music I was really yeah. into music um, in high school my first real job was at Zeller's. What, what? And actually, I've John, heard many a good story from that little John was a co worker. I may have been one of your ins to get into to Zeller's. Possibly. I put in a recommendation. It was kind of the thing to do if you needed to make money to go drinking on the weekend. You worked at Zeller's. Zeller's. John was a little bit more committed than me. Like, he was totally <laughs> into being the seasonal guy. And Ooh, yeah. I, was... I started off as like a cart pusher, which would be awesome because you would just go outside for an hour and just get one cart and just like fuck around and not come back inside for an hour. <laughs> Is that the one you fainted at, though? No, that was Sobeys. I'll leave that for when I talk, when I do the, the job <laughs> podcast. You fainted I, at Sobeys? I fainted with another job once for working wow. too hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I'll, funny. I, you should try it now and faint you work from too editing hard too hard. I did. <laughs> I mean, that's the tease. I'm not going to tell the whole story now. So you guys got to listen. Okay. That, that story will come. And yeah, Zellers, I pushed cards, but then I worked in seasonal, so I would sell like a patio furniture, like lawns. I think and... you liked it, man. You he does us. like it. He I was did. so much more now. passionate about Zellers than I am. Like every time we talked about Zellers, like, I can't believe you worked at Zellers. And I'm like, you liked working at Zellers. <laughs> I just I like selling shit, like barbecue. I'm like, how am I selling a barbecue? Yeah. I don't know anything about a barbecue, but people are like, I'm going to trust this 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, you worked in the clothing department? Uh, yeah, I was in the ladies' wear. And I'm telling you... Summertime, bathing suits. Oh. It's just not my area of expertise, really. Yeah. Um, but I slacked off. I was not a very good employee, and I think they recognized that. But really, <laughs> did you get fired or did you just quit? Um, or was it a mutual understanding was, that you should leave? It was leave? a meeting. A meeting oh. of mine. There, there was a meeting, and, and I sort of, they recognized I just wasn't coming in. I was ditching shifts. Okay. I was the worst worker you could ever imagine at that time. But everything happens for a reason because my last few weeks at Zellers, this woman comes in. She's looking for an outfit, and mm-hmm. I help her with this outfit and we start chatting and she she says how old are you what are you doing I said, oh I'm in high school oh mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what do you do do you play any instruments and I said yeah I play the flute and the piccolo and the band and nerd. I'm a super nerd, nerd. Band <laughs> geek. Yeah, this, this one time that's, like, one. Band camp, that's my mom's favorite she's like my daughter plays the flute this one time <laughs> at band camp like stop it mom yeah that's not a good Why thing for your mom watching to... that movie I she love should your know mom. about these she's things awesome. yeah. she's pretty awesome <laughs> 
Um, anyways, she ended up being the owner of Dominic's Music. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And I was thinking I was never going to play my flute again after high school because I really wasn't. Well, with what happened in band camp, you know, yeah, who would want to play that thing? I thought I was going to move on. But anyway, so I ended up uh, quitting slash being advised to leave <laughs> in, in August before going into grade 12. And yeah. I had ended up giving her my number. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe one day if I need a supply teacher, I could call That's you. And amazing. I thought, ah, sure, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. She's never going to call yeah. me, right? So, But she asked me for the number, but... A year goes by, I graduate, and I get this phone call right after graduation, and it's her. A year later, she says, hi, I have an opening for all the, um, for a teacher, for all the woodwind and brass instruments. Uh Would you like to to work for me? And Mm -hmm. I thought, sweet, I'm not, you know, I want to go back to Zellers. Oh, great. Yeah, so I think everything happens for a reason, and that kind of goes back to my childhood story where I was role playing Mm -hmm. being a teacher, and Mm -hmm. I realized I really love this, but it was more of a, like a hobby for me. I definitely, Mm -hmm. I got paid well to do it, but I ended up traveling overseas to teach mm-hmm. and volunteer and I think that was just a stepping stone mm-hmm. in my journey to get to where I am now but mm-hmm. um, I ended up going to Carleton for criminology yeah because I like obviously criminal. criminals <laughs> very criminal minded like, I think the cool thing about Ash is like you're so ambitious but then it's like because you're so like fun and vibrant but then you have this other side of you it's like i'm doing the darkest most like sinister job work and it's so admirable and like it's inspiring so it's like i don't know to what degree you can tell what you're doing yeah i didn't really know when i when i applied for criminology i didn't really know what i would do with it (laughs) there was a time where i thought oh i'm gonna go to law school because like you john like when you said oh i want to be a producer or whatever Mm -hmm. right away we all think of the bigger title because we have no experience you don't know what it takes to get yeah we don't know what it takes or Mm -hmm. even what's out there there's Mm -hmm. so many options um but i ended up being really inspired to pursue that but during university i just traveled Mm -hmm. every summer and i went to different places yeah i want i was hoping you could talk about some of the places where you've like taught and teached and like helped out kids because you've done a couple of things I don't think most people have mm. done or would ever think about doing oh I didn't think I was gonna do it <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty yeah. cool and, and just really awesome uh can you talk about I think the first big place you went to was Taiwan, Taiwan. yeah Taiwan yeah. was just um I was I finished my first year of university so this was 2007 I believe mm-hmm. And I was 18 at the time, and my aunt called me and said, there's this group of people looking for teachers and teacher assistants. Mm -hmm. Would you consider going for a month Mm -hmm. to teach? And it was all expenses paid. It was like I kind of just like fell into this. And I had honestly never thought I would travel or do any of that. I really wasn't ambitious about it at all. Which is so different from like, obviously, it's like I've met you now like five years later, but it's like... One of those things where I'm like, your personality suits it so much that I'm like, I cannot oh, yeah. even believe that wouldn't be Picture part of it. Picture that I never yeah. thought about it. I just mm-hmm. think things really fall into place, and mm-hmm. and I really wasn't considering going because yeah. I thought, oh well. And then I said to her, "Are you gonna go?" And she said, "Yeah, you know, I'll go." So it was a really cool experience. My mm-hmm. aunt and I took off to Taiwan with some other Canadian teachers mm-hmm. and teacher assistants, and um, of course me looking for a challenge I said sure I'll be sure. a teacher not a teacher assistant and all the wow. teachers except for my aunt and I were certified teachers in Ontario sure. yeah. which not is the two not, of us no and you're just so, 18 at the time like you said I'm right 18 I just have a little bit of music teaching experience mm-hmm. one-on-one it's flute. no classroom yeah, or anything with language sure. barrier and I get there and there's lots of culture shock obviously but they ask us to pretty much explain to them our month-long um 
criteria so uh-huh. what we're going to be teaching and we all of us weren't prepared we had no idea we <laughs> thought it was going to be there for us <laughs> yeah. so anyways I ended up making it through I taught English and music mm-hmm. for a month and the classrooms were about 25 to 28 students mm-hmm. the wow. English Insane. were little grade threes they were cute. so cute were, were they I'm gonna guess they're really like well behaved though they like, were they pretty well behaved probably not like little monsters like a lot of like uh, North American, North American. Were, the grade threes were little monsters oh were they Some of, they were like doing really weird stuff I'd never seen in okay. Canada before like they were flipping themselves off of their chairs what? like that sounds they would awesome their, they would do yeah. it just mm-hmm. to to get you and you'd be like don't do that mm-hmm. and then they would flip them like they were hyper and flip wow. themselves over that's crazy and I'm thinking you're gonna have to go to the hospital no. because you're gonna hit your head and yeah Anyways, so they were rambunctious, but mm-hmm. nothing I couldn't handle. For so sure. I would just get them singing songs and take Cute. breaks and stuff and like that to distract them. But did you, is that something you you like doing? Like you like almost probably like making a difference in these in these kids' lives and like showing them. Yeah. Like it's just like a nice rewarding feeling. I'm guessing it was super rewarding and mm-hmm. it was hard work. I mean, the hours there are so different than mm-hmm. here. Like you were teaching from eight until nine at night. Really? Yeah, so they're in school. And part of that is, like, it was a summer camp, but an educational summer camp. So they would also get to do, um, like, gymnasium time. And they would... they would have arts and crafts, pottery. So it was like mm-hmm. a whole it's day. like well-rounded day. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So nice. um, that was pretty cool. And then the year after that, um, I came across this organization named Global Youth Network. Mm-hmm. And Shout out, Global Youth yeah, Network. Yeah, shout what, out what? To Global Youth Network. <laughs> and ended up going to Tanzania, Africa to volunteer so there. That was amazing. I definitely go back there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I definitely had the travel bug. So that was true. it like, for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just never thought I would do any of that. But mm-hmm. I, along the way, I learned that I definitely had to have a job where I'm interacting constantly. For sure. And you're, it had you're not to be... one of those. Sorry, not to interrupt. I don't feel like you're someone who wants to work like a nine to five at a desk person. No. You're definitely not like an office desk no, person, right? No. I mean, right? I do that now. It's yeah. pretty interactive. But I'm getting a good balance between like I have a job like that now, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working at the halfway house, and yeah. so I'm getting a little bit of of both. And I know I have to yeah. be; it has to be interactive. Yeah, it's just it's cool to hear because you hear me talking about me just being like, "Oh, I just want to move to Toronto and, and learn how to edit." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Well, Ashley's going to go like all these like foreign countries and teach little kids and work I think with it's, like cool though, like, and like help rehabilitate for, like, people yeah. in society who most people wouldn't even want to go close to because yeah. they're scared of them or this or that." So mm-hmm. it's you learn a lot about yourself, and just even for you moving to Toronto, you're living outside your regular comfort zone and that's mm. something that I learned along the way and, and just, you guys were both like super young like you were 19 when you moved here yeah. you were only what like 20 when you went to Taiwan you're 18, 18. Yeah. so like that's crazy yeah mm-hmm. that's cool like some people we know if you just go back to this it's like in the arrested development stage they haven't moved out of their family's houses at all and they're like in their 30s yeah there seems to be I don't know if you call it an epidemic or what but I just see I just there seems to be a lot of people who just have never moved out of their folks' house. Which it's like stunted growth. Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah. that. And that's, did you mention the article? Or? Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, and it's just people, and they're not necessarily people who like don't have jobs. It's just a lot of people, I just feel like they are just used. I don't know if they're used to it or they're just they're comfortable and like they have the their full-time zone. job. It's comfort zone. They just don't want to take that leap and move out. And No, but I think it's like if you hadn't like you got the travel bug, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's like instantly at that point, you're like, okay, I know I need to have that interactivity with yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I know I want to try and like make a difference in their lives. And that's just another experience 
that gets you to your next point in your job. Yeah, right? you end up like constantly searching for the next thing. For sure. If you're ambitious about it. Yeah. Like you're talking about the two different kinds of mm-hmm. generation. So keep keep going. Yeah, then. so after that I ended up um, – where was I at? Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Tanzania. Tanzania. I can't remember. Was there – is this true or maybe you were just like – Telling me a story that I thought was crazy. There's some guy who chased you with like a machete or something in Tanzania. Just an urban legend. My watching yeah, a Tarzan no. movie. We were in a little bit of a uncomfortable situation along the beach. We had stepped into uh, like a fisherman's area, and you're okay. just not supposed to go there as, as tourists. <laughs> we we did so there there was a little There's... potential for danger there, but overall, like I would definitely go back. And so you never felt like too never you felt safe in all I these felt places very safe, yeah, yeah. That's cool. i think i put myself in that mm-hmm. feeling you know i'm not always in a safe spot but mm-hmm. i'm just confident that i could you know you can't predict what's going to happen no. you have to deal with it so why go scared for sure and you i know? think that's even like to a certain degree like even here it's mm-hmm. like if you're walking around the streets of toronto in certain areas it's like the same things could happen in this environment yeah, yeah. you're not going to be scared everywhere you go or you're not going to be able to do anything when you and I first started dating, I think we talked about this in the relationships, but I would leave your house at like three or four in the morning and instead yeah. of taking the cab, I would just walk home for an hour. Yeah. And there was like one time, I never felt too unsafe except for one time walking down like a back street because I don't like walking Main out streets. busy streets even during it's like three in the morning. There's like two hobos who are like eyeballing me as I walk by. I'm like, uh, they might just jump me. Yeah. Don't so, call me these here's, uh, here's my, my life tip. Life. Yo, this is my life tips. Take your mind on a little trip. As I make your bitch strip, this is John's life tips. I'm going to try and give life tips for like different episodes. Okay. If you're ever walking down the street and you see someone you just feel like they're sketchy, most people walk with their hands like open. Mm -hmm. When I walk by someone who I just don't trust, I make a fist with my right hand (laughs) and I feel like they see it. So when they walk by, they know like I'm ready to punch. So if you you ever, life tip, if you ever see someone you're just worried about and you're walking by them, just put your hand in the fist. So that way, either you intimidate them, yeah. or if they do take a swing at you, you can swing right thing, back. John, no, I know. You know what <laughs> I do? Not a good I, I like I keep con- like eye contact with that person. Yeah. So if I'm walking you downtown Ottawa, <laughs> I was about to say there's the scary some places there. Maybe that's but why you and I, I be- became. I stare at them. <laughs> this is gonna be a bad joke. Maybe that's why we became good friends because that first time we walked home, we just made eye contact. <laughs> like this is a nice person. She's making eye contact. <laughs> That's my problem sometimes. I look at too many yeah. people. Well, I do the, the fist thing, and then I always I tell the key yeah, shake. I tell Val, I'm like, if you're walking home, have your keys in shanking position to mm-hmm. shank someone shank, in the throat. Yes, you have to promote some nonviolent <laughs> crisis intervention here. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, but I see intimidation. Pe- yeah. I understand. People Maybe can... Toronto rolls differently. Toronto rolls very differently, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I always just ball my fist when I see someone I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do stare them down a little bit. Or maybe, yeah. yeah I just... Because then you, then they know you're aware that they're there. Yeah, yeah. that's true, actually. You know, that's why I do it's that. Like, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like, I think they're like, they want to lure onto the unassuming, right? Yeah. So. Like, I did so much of that when I was in Europe because I was by myself for a week yeah. in Germany. Oh, yeah. I did a lot of, like, Always in I Germany. see you. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. If I was intimidated because, really, I don't know. Didn't you get chased up a hill by someone in Germany or something? Was that you or was that someone else? I think that might have been somebody else. Okay. I, Germany was or, a breeze. Where in Germany were you? 
I was in um, Berlin, Same. Munich, yeah. and then I did like southern Germany and Constance. Fun. My mom was born in Constance, I so I kind of went back to see where she was from. And... Very cool. Yeah. Little so... travelers over here. Yeah. <laughs> Before we, we get into anything more, I'm going to play a game. Okay. So this is, uh, was it worth the hassle? So I don't know. I know Val's familiar with this game. I'm not. You're not. Oh, so what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you a story about something that happened to me. Okay. And then before I tell you what I did, I ask. I'll ask you what you would do in my situation. Like whether it's. I always ask myself before I do anything big, is it worth the hassle? Like if I have to get into like a. Uh, a, fight. a conflict with someone is it worth it to like like that fat fuck guy yeah you <laughs> is it worth it for me to like get into it with this person or is it not worth like it always i say is it worth the hassle this one is just more of a funny one it's when i uh broke my thumb which we were talking about before we did <laughs> yeah. the podcast so you haven't heard the story so no. it's perfect for you so this is last summer when val's in school she's doing like school night courses, night courses. i'm like okay i'm gonna make dinner first tonight I'm going to make chicken burgers. Mm-hmm. And so we use like uh, chicken breasts, I guess, to make the burger, yes. right? Not like not like prepackaged chicken. You no. know, like, oh, like not the patties. Yeah, not like, the patties. Yeah. Like a you real... Yeah, scratch. make them yeah. scratch. And so we had a bunch of chickens in the freezer and there's like you four... You had a bunch of chickens in the freezer? <laughs> well, <maybe. laughs> we are humane guys, you I humane. swear. A bunch of chicken breasts in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. And I take them out and there's like four of them. I'm like, we only need two. So let me get... I got my uh, silver mallet. And I'm like, I'm just going to break these all in half because they're oh, frozen. No. And so, <laughs> idiot. I see where this is going. So I was having like the time of my life. I was listening to music. I'm kind of singing and dancing in the kitchen. I'm breaking stuff. And I'm holding on to the chicken with my left hand. And my thumb's on top of the chicken <laughs> breast. And I take the hammer up. And I'm not paying attention. <laughs> and I slam it down on my I'm thumb. Sorry. It's me that I'm laughing. It's so, oh, oh my God. God. I was okay. So, He's so stupid. So... Well, <laughs> What happened was I slammed the silver mallet on my thumb. I instantly grabbed my thumb, and for like two minutes, I didn't look at it. So I'm like, my thumb's just th- throbbing in pain. It hurts too much. It hurts, it hurts too, too, much. Much. It hurts too much. <laughs> so I'm like, if I don't look at it, it's not really there. Mm-hmm. And it took a couple minutes, and I finally like took my thumb off, my hand off, and I looked at my thumb, and it was just like the nail was instantly black, like it oh, halfway it up. Like bruised instantly. It instantly, bru- my whole thumb was bruised. I could. The thing was, I could bend my thumb. Like people can't see what I'm doing, but I'm bending my thumb, and I always, I was always told, it's not broken. It's only broken if you can't like bend it. Like if you broke your toe and you can't move it, or your finger you can't bend it, then it's broken. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I could move my thumb around, and I'm just like, okay, maybe I just like severely bruised it. Maybe so I like got some ice. I put ice on it. Now here's the thing. This happened on a Thursday. On the Saturday, I was supposed to do like a guys' weekend, where it's like me, Sean, and Dan. We were gonna go like to the batting cages and like hit a bunch of golf balls and like so get drunk. Well, here's this is what I ask you. What would you do in my situation when you smash your thumb with and a mallet? It's supposed to be in a brace. Like, no, well, we don't we don't know. If the, I don't oh, know. If okay, it's bra- you haven't gotten to the. Doctor what would you yet. do? Would you just ice it and see what happens? Would you go to a doctor? Would you? What would you do if you smashed your thumb and you didn't know if it was like? Uh, well, I have broken my finger once before, okay. and what I did was. I didn't listen to my mom. <laughs> always I, listen to your mom. Yeah, always listen to your mom. I didn't go to the hospital right away. <laughs> okay. I waited until the next day. So I could try to sound really smart and say, go <laughs> yeah, to the hospital right away. But you've been in my situation. But I'm going to be honest with you and say that I would look at it and go, oh, shit, that really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd probably cry a little depending on how much it 
fucking hurt. Oh, it hurt a lot. And then I would go to sleep and wake up the next morning hoping I wouldn't have to go sit in that stupid hospital for like eight yeah. hours in Ottawa, which is, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's like in Toronto, but just shit. Times it by 10. <laughs> but honestly, I wouldn't have waited till Saturday. Like that was Thursday. I would have gone Friday. Like Friday, oh. I wouldn't have been able to handle it anymore. Okay, so. It's so. throbbing. It must have been throbbing. <laughs> it was throbbing. Yeah. It was each day the thumb was just getting blacker and bruised and my my thumb my nail, nail was, just, was like falling was like, off it was falling off but it was all just like you could see like blood exploded in it or something and the so same you with, were watching your thumb going through significant yeah, but stages it's, but it's boys weekend it's okay boys. so here's the thing so that happened on a thursday that's gotta come first yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so i didn't go to the doctor i'm like mind I'll, you his mom's a nurse everyone as well right well yes yeah, so, do you tell your mom about this well let me she get i'll get now. to that yeah so thursday i'm just I just deal with it. I, mm-hmm. And let me just say this. I finished making dinner that night. Broken thumb and all. Did you not have chicken burgers when you got home? What did they look like? <laughs> <laughs> Little pieces of nail. nail. Blood. A little bloody. Yeah. So Thursday. You're a good man, John yeah. Mallon. Thursday, I do nothing. Friday, I go into work and I'm just like, just dealing with it. Saturday rolls along. I'm like, hey guys, guess who's ready for boys weekend? And I told them, I'm like, my thumb's kind of fucked up. I can't really do much with it. <laughs> But I, I don't want to miss going to the batting cages. So we went to the batting cages, and I'm like, I'm holding the bat, but I'm maneuvering it so my thumb's not really, like, gripping it. Oh, my goodness. And so I end up, I'm just going to say this, socking a bunch of dingers. I was hitting home runs like mm-hmm. there's no tomorrow in the batting cages. I went up to, like, 60 or 70 miles per hour hitting the ball. Pretty badass. And then we went to wow. the driving range. And this is where it got back because I was, like, holding my, my broken thumb, hitting <laughs> golf balls. <laughs> oh, my God. And then so we did that for like a couple so hours. So you when you went to this. Then we went back to like Sean's place, had some drinks, got drunk. I got McDonald's and came home that night. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was Sunday when I finally, you're like, you got to call your mom and like she'll talk some sense into you. Yeah. So I call my. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. He's so silly. So I called What's my mom. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, because the thing was I could bend my thumb. So I didn't, I'm like, it's not broken. It's just bruised. <laughs> yeah. It's, and my mom's like, oh, you should probably go, you should definitely go to the doctor and get an x-rayed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I went to the doctor monday got it x-rayed and then by tuesday they're like yeah you fractured your thumb <laughs> so, so it ended up breaking but they're like there's that nothing we can later there's like there's nothing they said there's nothing we can do all you can do is just wet, let it heal so like go get a thumb brace it wasn't even like they put a cast on there like yeah. I, I went to shoppers they didn't even have a thumb brace for me i bought my own it was too big it was a finger they don't they even make thumb braces there <laughs> So I put a finger brace on my thumb for like six or seven weeks. And <laughs> like such a six jack. or seven weeks. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. But wow. I will say my thumb is good to this day. And I'm glad I went to the batting cages because I hit some home runs. And my thumb is like no worse for wear. So it was worth it. Oh, it was definitely worth saying. the hassle. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you play. Was it worth the hassle? <laughs> we have another game coming up, but we'll talk to Val for a second. And do you want to talk about... How you... Oh, I think I mentioned it before, like, in previous podcasts with, like, watching Dawson's Creek, and I'm like, I want to be Dawson. (laughs) You didn't want to be Joey? No, she was, like, a bitch. Or Pacey? (laughs) Oh, I wanted to be with Pacey, so I guess that's, like, one of those (laughs) Or Jen's grandmother? I love Dawson's Creek. Yeah, so good, right? So it was either I wanted to be Dawson slash Rory from Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, Girls, yeah. But I still want to be Rory from Gilmore Girls. But yeah, no, I think for me, it was, like, I knew I wanted to work... In, an ent- in the entertainment industry, but I didn't know if I wanted to be, like, an entertainment lawyer or I wanted to be a director or a producer. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was, like, taking – it's really bizarre, but the WB, when Dawson's Creek and everything and Buffy and all that, all those shows were on there, 
they had a really interesting like image pack for their commercials and I was like they used a really effective song um I can't remember what by the band I think they're called this way okay and the song was called crawl and I loved the song and just the way they had all the actors and stuff in the commercial I'm like I want to do that I want to be the person who designs these image spots and like PSA kind of things Mm -hmm. and so it's like how can I do that so I just started looking into different courses Ryerson and um, like York and Mm -hmm. um, not Centennial but Sheridan and then my parents were like dead against it and they were like you're not going to do this you're going to go be a doctor or a lawyer Mm -hmm. or go into business and I was like never Um, (laughs) you rebel you I know I was like meanwhile I'll go write my LSAT GMAT just in case I need to do those things Yeah. but yeah so it was really good I got into Ryerson and they were the only ones who didn't offer me a scholarship which I was really pissed about because York just gives money away to people for free for no reason (laughs) even if you had like a failing average Yeah. and so I was like okay I'll go to RTA um, which is really cool. I got a lot out of Ryerson, but I think it was when I went to my third year and I moved to England for that year of school, I learned a lot more just because like the way I find Europe handles students and like their curriculum is a lot more hands-on and less theory-based than North American schools. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more practical knowledge. Um, so coming back from there was like really inspiring and then like moved out of my parents' house and like it just kind of became like, now I'm in Toronto exactly like you. I can like attack this industry. I started interning at like eTalk and like worked at MTV when it first launched here. Do you want to tell your Kanye West experience? <laughs> so when I was working at eTalk, we were launching MTV. One of the first things we had for MTV Canada was Kanye West was coming down to perform because Gold Digger just came out. Okay. And yeah. so they gave us like all these instructions like you're not allowed to look at Kanye West. Like they actually told like, They actually the... told it you can't make eye contact with him. And so I was like, what? How do you right? avoid that? Yeah, yeah exactly, right? And then it's like there would be like KW's in the building, KW's <laughs> at the Masonic Temple, KW's moving east and we're like, Jesus. Uh, uh. So oh like me God. and my friend, I think her name was Jessica at the time, like I don't talk to this girl anymore. We were on stage like just getting all the shit ready. And they're like, KW's moving, KW's moving towards the stage, <laughs> KW's moving towards the stage. And we were such assholes because they had the word gold digger like in like huge okay. light like on the top of the stage. And we just started rapping so to the song. <laughs> and I was like, I ain't nothing but a gold digger or whatever. <laughs> and then he like comes up behind us and he's like, yeah, you guys are really shitty rappers, eh? And I was like, ah, I can't oh look at can't you. Can't look at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, I just got told off by Kanye. But he's like really short in real life. Is he? He felt yeah, really short. That. Like yeah. very like... I think you always think celebrities will be like a lot taller than mm. they are, but I was like, you're really short. And he was like in his like red leather jacket, like circa like first album yeah, yeah. kind of thing. So that was really interesting. But That's then funny. literally after there, there was a point where I was like unemployed for like a month. And I think like, if you, you guys know me, I can't be doing nothing for like a day. You don't want day. to sit still for the I day. I can't yeah. do nothing. So I was like getting really irate. I was watching like reruns of the Cosby shows <laughs> like on TBS in the afternoon. I'm yeah. like, this is ridiculous. I can't be this person. Like, this is not me. And my dad actually gave me, he's like, why don't you apply at Omni? I saw this really great posting. Good Bollywood movie. You know, <laughs> you racist ass. <laughs> um, I saw this like awesome posting for you. If you want to try it out, it's for Omni television. I'm like, Oh dad, I don't want to work for like an ethnic channel. Right. And he's like, no, no, just go do it. And then through that, I got my marketing or not marketing coordinator by like honors yeah. promotions coordinator position nice. with your current department. So I should thank your dad because your dad's the reason why you worked there and that's the reason why we met Whoa. them. So your dad's your the one dad who got us together. You listen to your parents. Wow. Very cool. I'll have to thank him when I see him. <laughs> um, but yeah, just from that, it was just like I saw your boss, so like my old creative director yeah. and my old manager, Vivian and Don, 
Um, they're such just awesome, gr- awesome great people. bosses, and I even still to this day, like I still reference them for work and like ask them. Like it's almost like I need their approval at my current job, which is not with them, to be like, do you guys like like this? Is like staying on trend with them and just seeing mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're and... just really good. I was gonna say they remind me of the coach of the Ottawa Senators, Paul McLean, because <laughs> Paul McLean like gives the young people a chance. Yeah, and it's just like I remember like Don and Viv. That's the reason why I became a producer because mm-hmm. I told them. I'm like, you know, I want to be a producer. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, here's your chance. They they gave me, when I was still just a coordinator, they're like, okay, first thing we're going to give you is you're going to do all the radio promos from mm-hmm. now on. And this is before I was a producer, so they yeah. gave me the chance to step up and every month write and edit and mm-hmm. work with the voiceover person to do uh, radio promos. Yeah. And so they just, they're like, here, this is your first chance. Do what you got to do. For and sure. Show us what you got. And I did yeah. that. And they just, from there, they slowly started giving me, like, Okay, you can do a, a promo for Python Hunters, but <laughs> none of the other bays, since all the producers are here, none of the other bays are free till five, so mm-hmm. you gotta stay late. But if you want, it's yeah. gonna go on TV, yeah. and it's like okay. So they would give, they're just really good at giving opportunity opportunities to people who would take it and run with it. I think that's really cool too. And it, at the time, like, it, like this is just like an amalgamation of time, but. Like, my brothers were really successful, so I felt compelled to be like, I need to be doing well. Like, and I think this is yeah. where our generation's like, we need to be doing well really yeah. quickly. It's the pressure. And then, like, fast forward a couple of years, and the guy I was dating at the time was going to law school. And I was just like, well, I want to be going to law school. Like, or I have to do something more accomplished than just being a coordinator. So it was kind of right. like that competitive yeah. thing. And so I was like, I'm going to go write my GMAX. I already wrote my LSAT and I did really well on that and I could go to law school, but I'm like, I don't really want to go to law school. Like I just couldn't. At least you have it as an option. I had had it as an option, which is great. My GMAT, on the other hand, while I was dating him, like my current like producer job was coming up because this woman was going on mat leave, but I was in the mindset that I needed to go write my GMAT to get into like a master's business program. Did not know how I wanted to attack that in any capacity, but I knew I, I needed the status right yeah. i needed to change status because at like 23 i don't want to be a coordinator or whatever yeah. and my boss don was like this woman's going on mat leave why don't you try and apply for a position she stopped me in the parking lot and she, i was like oh you know my my resume is not updated she's like you don't need your resume updated and i was like well that's just silly <laughs> so i'm like i'll go redo my resume and then like long story short i interviewed for the job and it was really it was actually a really intense interview because it was, it was like a panel of people mm-hmm. i had to like talk to but um i got the gig and that just kind of like propelled me into doing what I'm doing now and I just I think they're such great like bosses and like really integral to like the shaping of my career kind of thing. I think it means a lot when you have people encouraging you along the way and sort of pushing you forward. I I do because I think it's like a lot of time it's like we can either like succumb to like the pressures of like our economy aka we're all in debt or everything's so much more expensive these days for all of us Mm -hmm. or you know we can suck it up and like do courses in chicago like work your way work your way up take interviews like that you don't know if in a month you're going to be in this position but you just keep building at it go work in the halfway houses and like stuff like that i think like everybody has to start somewhere right and like for me going to university after university you Mm -hmm. think you're going to get the job right Mm -hmm. no you're going to be watching cosby show it's it's not just that you think you're going to get the job but you feel like you deserve yeah you you deserve you have a sense of entitlement like so much or whoever's paid for your education or whether you've paid for your education you feel deserving of it and you think it'll be easy and then when you get out that's not the reality mm-hmm. and some people do placements but like we all know university isn't always totally. as like hands-on yeah. 
But for me, it was a really big reality check. So mm-hmm. I ended up volunteering where yep. I work now at the halfway house there to start. And then I yeah. got the job and I'm working contracts. So there's times where I'm without a job for yeah. like two weeks, but I have the halfway house as a backup. So everything I'm doing, I'm trying to get moving forward. But do you feel our generation doesn't have the passion then some of us? Uh, is that a fair statement? Well, what I was going to say, a couple points I have. One thing is, uh, a lot of people don't seem to want to work for free. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying whether pay it's their being... Dues. I agree. Pay their, yeah, it's just like people, like you said, like I did four years of college or university. Mm-hmm. I deserve this. It's like, well, no, you did four years of school. But when I went to school, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really start to learn the business till I started working Yeah. as like an intern for free. So, I mean, I did three years of school and I learned some stuff, but... Okay, hold the phone. I know you're going to do a podcast for like jobs or yeah. whatever, but what was the most degrading internship thing you've ever had to do? I only once had to get someone coffee. Okay. And I thought, I thought that was kind of like that whole coffee thing. Yeah. The only thing that was sucked for me is I don't know. I know I don't drink coffee, so I don't know how to make coffee. <laughs> so so I, were you nervous? Yeah, yeah uh, I was because it was getting. Did your hands get all clammy inside? Yeah, they're clammy they're right now nervous. too. <laughs> I was gonna say the one one of the cool things. My very first day or first week of being an mm-hmm. intern, one of the producers. I work with now he's still a producer he's awesome he's helped me like a lot to become a producer mm-hmm. and I remember it was my first week and he's like okay John he's like come into my edit bay he's like this is what I want you to do mm-hmm. he's like you can say no if you want but this is like him judging my character okay he's like here's twenty dollars he's like I want you to go to like the the candy shop down the street he's like I want you to buy as much candy as you can for twenty bucks come bring it back to the department and be like be like you don't have to tell him that I gave you the money just say here I bought some f- treats for the whole department Oh, so it's he him never be- told me this. Yeah, no, it was uh, Oren. Yeah. yeah. And he, it's just him being like, okay, let me just see if he's willing to, you know, do cool. some. It wasn't like him being like, go get me some candy right now. It's him being yeah, like, he here's some money. Go you know, ahead. this will help you with the department. He's just like testing me being like, take the money. Don't tell him that I gave it to you. But if you want to go down there and then afterwards you can come edit with me for for the rest of the day and we'll – I'll show you some stuff, right? I love That's Orange. Nice. Just yeah. because I feel like he's like the wisely old uncle you have. He's like, he's like a Jedi master. Like <laughs> yeah. He also gave me the best piece of advice, which I've said on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our industry, he's like, when it comes to like, let's say a director, cameraman, uh, or something like that, directors will work, well, not a director, they'll do a lot more, but let's just say a cameraman will work for a week, an editor will work for a month. Because you might shoot for a week, mm-hmm. but then it takes a lot more time to edit and get stuff like that. Because right. when I kind of told him, like, oh, I don't really know, you know, this what is when I, I still as an intern, what should I do? Should I do more, like, uh, work in the field? This guy's like, let me just tell you this. A cameraman works for a week. An editor works for a month. Right. So he's always kind of been there it's to give me. an interesting perspective. But it all goes back to the first week when he's just like, let me see what this guy's made of. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if he wants to do this little test. And I, yeah. he showed me how to edit. He showed me for all these sure. things. So. It's kind of you, you got to work your way up there. And w- one of the other points I'll say, and I'll let you guys chime in. Uh, one of the best things where this is true is my mom, who's been a nurse for her like whole adult life. She's been doing it years and years. Mm-hmm. She tells me now all the new nurses who graduate from school are just like, well, I did school for four years. I'm not going to go clean someone's bedpan. Like this is above me. What? Like you go do it. It's just like wow. they have like this sense of entitlement where it's like mm-hmm. I've been in school for three, four years. I'm not going to do the jobs that like. I don't want to go give someone like, a bath. I'd be becoming or, a nurse then. Yeah, and she'll, it's just like yeah, my mom exactly. gets so upset when she sees this, and she, she'll just be like, "Well, someone's got to do it. I'm just like gonna do it, yeah. stuff like that." So, do you have any horror intern stories? Hold on, Oof, saving. Yeah, you can. Okay. 
Go. I was going to ask both of you what, um, like if you've been given a great piece of advice, like what would it be in like yeah. overall for your careers? Like you just, oh. uh, yeah, another one, one of the things my boss told me, Don, now when I became a producer, mm-hmm. it was something along the lines where she's just like, she's like, I'll tell you this right now, John. She's like, doesn't matter how talented you are. If you're a dick or if you, people don't get along with you, you're not going to make it. You could be right. the most talented producer. But if you can't work with people or get along with people, no one's going to hire you. And that's so very that's true. That's what she told Like She's like, one of the reasons why I gave you all these opportunities was because mm-hmm. she's like, you're a really easy person to work with. No one's got to complain about you. You'll stay, let you mm-hmm. do this. She's like, and you're going to get the skills. And she's like, I've seen an improvement in your skills over the last couple of years. But she's like, she's like, you know how many people apply or want to become a producer? But she's like, I can't stand them. Or she's like, I've, she's dealt with people. She's like, I've never worked with them again. Mm-hmm. And I've done that too where I've worked with people. I'm like, this person's a dick. I'm never going to work with them again. And you don't or, forget it either. You yeah, do you not don't, forget it. People don't, that's the other thing. People don't forget. And people, yeah. So that's like one of the best things I've learned is just be a good, hardworking, nice person mm-hmm. and you'll get farther in life than right. you are if you're just talented. I think for me, it was like, well, like, I guess like John always gives me advice for stuff because I get very easily irate for work and things. Yeah. But it was mainly like my brother because I guess he's like my big brother and I'm like, Carl, I need some <laughs> advice. But I'd always get like really sensitive in work environments where people would either get like promoted or just like kind of like considered past me for job descriptions based on longevity versus like creative merit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've worked really hard. Like I'm doing like all these things. I thought you're supposed to go beyond your job description to be considered for this next thing and get that experience. But it's like, again, based on age, I'm not getting these experiences because somebody who's been here is longer, but is like less in their skill set is now going to get it. And Carl is like, you have to learn to play the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you need to learn how to position yourself with the right people and position yourself. Like you have to wear different hats almost for like different things, but also, you know, be that nice person and like treat everybody with respect, do your good job. But he's like, you have to be less sensitive in a work environment. And he's like, not show that things penetrate so much. Yeah. I was going to say too, like when, when my boss gave me that piece of advice, I want to say too, actually, I think I, I learned, like, I always knew, like, you should be, like, a nice, hardworking person, but mm-hmm. I learned that, like, through my parents. Yeah. And they've always told me that, too, just, like, you know, you know, do the best you can and, mm-hmm. and help out when you can and just, like, they kind of gave me that yeah. work ethic. So, yeah. like, that helped. Encouraged like, you. It wasn't even that they necessarily had to give me advice. It's just, like, the all the years of living with them yeah. and just yeah. them encouraging me I this and that. I think that's, like, one thing, too. It's, like... You and Mike are like an example of this as well. You're both extremely hardworking and ambitious people. Oh, thanks, Young, I, passionate people. No, <laughs> but it's like we said this weekend. This weekend's an ambitious friends weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you call it? But I think it's true. It's like whoever you're with, too. You almost like let's just say if Mike wasn't ambitious, but he saw how much great things you were doing, it would be like, yeah, I really should like get my shit together. And like yeah. now I want to pursue my girls. Sure. It can definitely yeah. help. That's, I said that earlier. That's what happened with me when you were a producer. Mm-hmm. didn't get jealous i was just like that's making me more ambitious Made that's what i want to work harder and... yeah i'm like i want to stop yeah. telling people i'm a coordinator and start telling them i'm a, I'm a producer right <laughs> so that's i'm yeah. like this is what i'm gonna do my um oh sorry go no, i was gonna say oh. what did you, oh, okay. you have some advice <laughs> yeah. that you got or um actually my aunt gave me a really good piece of mm-hmm. advice nice. and it's really short and sweet it's just that time waits for nobody ah. and so when i graduated mm-hmm. that was something that she said to me basically not to sit around and 
you know, wait and think that my university degree is going to get sure. me the job. So I went out and became proactive and, Loves and it. I, I, I use that with all areas in my life. Time mm-hmm. waits for nobody. It's it true though. Cause it's like, you're going to wake up like as much as I like to be like, we're all in our twenties. It's like, no, guess what? Next year I'll be in my thirties. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's like else, yeah. one of those things where it's like time. It's like you make the most of your life. Right. And I think the other thing yeah. too is you're never too old to do what you want. I think Yeah. like you can, like you're saying like, Oh, I'm going to be 30 next year, but you're never too old to start something new and if you're pas- if you're not passionate about what you're doing now mm-hmm. just because you're 35 40 50 mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't stop what you're doing you and do what you want right. like it's so you true you can always like you can do night school you can go to improv class you mm-hmm. can go to taiwan you can yeah. Never too old to, to do this. I feel these like things, we're in right? a the more yeah. you know commercial yeah. right now, like a PSA uh, for like. I, I just think it's, it's, it's for so true. anyone out there who's like mm-hmm. might be stuck in a rut and be like, you oh, know, I don't really mm-hmm. like what I'm doing. It's just like follow yeah. your dreams and work hard at what you do. Okay, Stop. so we're gonna wrap things up in a second, but there's gonna be another game we're gonna play. Ooh, so scared. this, I believe, this is Val wants to play this, yeah. and this is Who'd You Rather? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you rather? So this is okay. for Ash. Who'd you rather? So let's take a scenario. We're okay. going to prom. Right? <laughs> Circa whatever year you want to make it. Okay. 1972. 1972. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have a choice of your date. Oh, jeez. Would you rather take Mike in his, like, monkey pink pajama suit <laughs> costume? Right? Monkey awesome. pink. Remember his, like... He, he, wore, like he a, wore a onesie a monkey. A onesie oh, pink yeah, onesie. Got, like, cupcakes yeah. Out yeah. Of it. Okay. Or... Mike in his lime green pants, right? Okay. <laughs> or would you rather take Mike, but he's like gained a substantial amount of weight and he sweats like all the time now. So like he's sweating through his like tuxedo blue shirt. Oh my goodness. Dun, dun, Which would I rather? Oh, okay, hold the phone. And if he's wearing a cupcake onesie, he's eating cupcakes like the whole time. <laughs> and if he's in lime green pants, they're like getting like so tight from like the heat in the gymnasium. <laughs> so it's like package is like coming through. Oh my god! Thanks for the details. <laughs> and, the, and the third one was the third the... one is like he's gained so much weight okay. that he's just sweating through his like tuxedo. He's the oh, butter him up to get through a door. Okay, yeah. definitely not that one. <laughs> just because of the sweaty stuff, um, <laughs> I imagine that would be very awkward time at prom. <laughs> Um, and rather disgusting. <laughs> and the cupcake thing. Eating cupcakes the whole time. Yeah. Well, we're in 72, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'm thinking. So, like, maybe they're like pot cupcakes. Maybe. <laughs> it's got this onesie. So it's either between the onesie or the green pants. I'll, I'll, I'll say this about him. He can rock either one of them. That's yeah. true, actually. He's got the confidence. See, I like the to green be... pants, but, mm-hmm. you know. They're all sweaty in the, the gymnasium. Is, is I didn't think you were going to add that. Nope. There's They're always a would you rather. It's, it's always like a good and a bad with all these well, ones. Well, I'm going to have to say that I like him in pink. So I'm <laughs> going to go with the cupcakes because I like cupcakes too. So if he's eating cupcakes, I'd rather be eating cupcakes Dancing with a man in a pink onesie. cupcake onesie <laughs> with a little butt pouch that he can butt flap. do his business out of. And let's clarify this onesie has little 
feet. Footsies. What is the little like non gliding things oh, I on know, the bottom those, of them? Like paddy things. So oh, yeah. at that point I'm assuming we would be relatively safe on the dance floor. So I'm gonna go with the safest, cleanest route. That's amazing. Onesie it is. Done. I was gonna say I do this I do the onesie Really? On, oh yeah. I feel like yeah. he rocked those green pants he so did, much. But I mean then you added the whole sweaty. sweaty Ew, I know, I'd be like out. I gotta be away from and you. And they're getting yeah. all tight. I mean it's not that he doesn't look good in tight pants. I'm Sure, but but, uh, but you never said what he was wearing up top. So I oh, kind that's of, so true. Nothing, very, nothing, nothing. I'm very he's like Lord of the Dance. Detail oriented. Yeah. Just was, his bare chest. It's like Michael Flatley, yeah. Lord of the Dance. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm happy now with my selection. Yeah. I do so, the onesie because then I would pull out my gray onesie and just rock it with him. Yeah. You always tell me of this onesie. I've never seen it. If you made me throw it away, is this I the would gray never onesie? Made I have a throw picture it away. of it. Yeah. Oh, what? you haven't seen I've a picture of it? I've never seen this. I'll, I'll oh put a picture goodness. up on the you Facebook. You have a picture. I have a picture, yeah. John and Wednesday. You were so proud. Go to Facebook.com slash live at 605 to see a picture of me in my gray onesie. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good times right there. Yeah. Go. No, that, that's all oh. I got. I, I, that, that one works I, for we me. We have to do a Mary fucker kill with Ash. Okay. What is this? Ooh. You get the, uh, I feel like I've heard you do this on the podcast. We've but... done it. Mary, we will marry F or kill you. I give you three people and you tell me if you'd marry them, F them, or kill them. So like on vacation, John and I actually use like real friends. So like you've all been in these scenarios with us, right? <laughs> Please and don't make me No, we won't do one. a real, we won't do real people. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. But, <laughs> um, okay, let me, let me think. Marry F or kill. The kid from Free Willy. <laughs> Uh, Circa first seat, first Free Willy. This no, this is like the kid from Free Willy, but he's grown up. He's not successful. He's like so, like kind of like now, kind of fat and chubby. <laughs> so we know you want to kill him. <laughs> there's him, or why do you hate Jesse from Free Willy so <laughs> he much? He hates Free Willy so I much. Do. He does not want Willy freed no. at all. So you, the, the worst part was when he like actually made it over the rock. You were so I hope he squished the kid every time. <gasps> you cried. Yeah. So him, Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone, but. As now, where he's like fat, Ew. old, and just ugly. Everybody's fat too. I know. I know. <laughs> well, they are. Is he fat? I don't think he is. I just feel he looks strung out now because doesn't yeah. like he all the like drugs. Cokehead. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, Jason Spezza. <laughs> okay. Of Ottawa Senators fame. So I would marry Jason Spezza. <laughs> but who are you, Wait. FN? <laughs> Yeah, you have to ask one of these guys. Lesser of the two evils. Oh shit! This is really hard. No, I think I would marry J- Jason Spezza. Yeah, okay. Because I got to put up with him in the long That's run. That's true. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, I would kill the kid from Home Alone. Oh. <laughs> Aww. The and then you'd ask the kid from Free Willy. At least Willy. he was nice. Was he though? Wasn't he like a? Was he like a punk? The... Yeah, he was like. Sp- like vandalizing everything. But he in the ended beginning. up like caring for the the, the whale. The whale. What's and that song? It's like you are the whale. Are we all singing the Michael Jackson one? <laughs> Hold me, something. Okay, well, this is like the most like useless singing. Well, that's how you play. Who would you rather? Mixed in with Mary Effer Kill Edition. Would you rather? Okay, so let's wrap this up. I think there's one last thing that Val yeah. wants to talk so about. So I just wanted to, like, um, just coming back to the article. So they were talking about, like, adulthood for our Generation Y, and they say that we always defer it. So um, just, like, the last paragraph of this, 
they talked about how that more than a third of 25 to 29 year olds have now moved back in with their parents. Mm -hmm. Millennials have been scorned as perma-children, forever postponing adulthood, or labeled with that most un-Canadian character flaw, helplessness. Do you guys feel then that is it just like a swift kick in the ass from the parents to get the 25 to 29 year olds out of the house or are they the ones enabling them to keep them back and like kind of like stranded in that like perma state? I think there's some enabling. Yeah. Um, I think that there's also that pressure, right? Mm -hmm. For some parents, you know, it they might be putting the pressure on. They want to see their kids or now adults mm -hmm. um, live their lives in a particular order. So if it was the order that they wanted, yeah, like um, getting engaged, For marriage, sure. and buying a house, they might enable them to stay with them longer, so yeah. they can foresee what mm -hmm. other path, totally. like the path that they want them to take. I definitely think, like, even when I was like so shit scared to tell my parents mainly my dad that you and I were living in together mm -hmm. and yeah. even when we told them and it was like we got a two bedroom I think for like a solid week and a half my dad thought you were like my roommate in like the second yeah. bedroom <laughs> he's like what do you mean you're living sure. together yeah. Like, so. yeah I think yeah add some pressure I mean I don't think any parents ever want to see their kids like homeless or this or that mm -hmm. so it's like if they yeah. fall on hard times it's like yeah of course you can move back to yeah. get your feet together on the ground but I think sometimes but like think about like obviously this podcast is not about like our first like apartment livings or roommates mm. or anything yeah no it's being like, like 27 years old or 28 yeah or something. but I mean like if you have a job you have a career and you're still living at uh, home yeah That's, it, it depends I think it depends yeah, I mean if you're if you're if you do have maybe a lot of debt from school and you can't afford to live on your own mm -hmm. save up for a couple years and then or if you're you want to buy a house and like a lot of people mm -hmm. do go from their parents house to their own house mm -hmm. and it's just like me personally i'd rather live through like i said i'm gonna do a whole podcast about different places i've lived with roommates mm -hmm. i'd rather get those experiences living with old ladies or short <laughs> fat gingers who throw up on their computer <laughs> i, I want to go through those to appreciate when i lived on my own to when you and i lived together now mm -hmm. and it's like as much as i love my parents i love visiting them and, and hanging out at the house i don't want to be living there like this age now my whole life and i'm sure they don't want me there no. the whole time like I know when I moved out, my dad's like, oh, score, we got a new room to like turn into whatever I want. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, if they ever, if I ever needed them to go back, they mm -hmm. would be there. But it's just like, they've taught me, given me enough independence to know that yeah. I have my own job. I can take care of myself. I should be providing for myself if I'm financially able to. If I needed help with anything, they'd be there and mm -hmm. they've, they've had for in the past. But I've just learned from them that I remember what happened was when I got hired at City TV. I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time because mm -hmm. it was like right out of school. So I was living in their basement and I worked at City TV for three or four months. I saved money for three or four months. It was enough for me to get an apartment and I lived on my own ever since then. See, that's cool. Well, I think for your particular situation, that definitely makes yeah. sense. And I think that there's that question is so broad, right? It's yeah, so broad. Because what if you were somebody that went overseas, you had a mm. job over there, you came back, you you're living with your parents, yeah. Yeah. you're trying to establish yourself, and you're being responsible. I think the mm -hmm. population that would be the most concerning are those who are 25 to 29, maybe yeah. not working, mm -hmm. or yeah. not trying, not trying and yeah. just living at home and not really you know, establishing something for themselves. Mm -hmm. That would be the... So has our generation been given a bad rep? I think... I think they they have I think there's definitely like ageism out there. Yeah. But I think it's people like us who are like we gotta show the people who think that we get a bad rap and prove that we're not all like that. Yeah. I mean it's just 
I think we've been, I think that bad rap has also come from people recognizing the availability of resources our generation That's has. Mm-hmm. Like education, number totally. one. Oh, you're so spoiled. Like, yeah. you know, not everybody's family could pay for their education, sure. but there's yeah. a lot of people out there where it was like, oh, mommy and daddy paid for it. Right. Or, so it really depends on how people perceive, perceive. it. Yeah. Wow. Well, this I think, is the most introspective I feel we've no, ever been on a Live at 605 podcast. It's, it's been a great mix of funny, <laughs> introspective, mm-hmm. and just maybe not necessarily motivating, but people can just hear out there. And like you could be in a small town, and if you want to work in film or you want to go travel, you can do it. It doesn't matter where mm. you live. You just got to get out there, take a risk, take a chance. Mm. And it might not pay off right away, but eventually if you work hard at what you do, mm-hmm. if you're good at it and you're good around your – I don't know. Now I'm getting now all preachy. I feel preachy. like I have to make you like a jingle I'm gonna, for I'm gonna like make this like a, a fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll end it there, I think. Yeah. And I want to thank fart noise. Fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good on that highbrow moment. You're on your way to giving such inspirational <laughs> advice. I think I got too inspired, too preachy. Uh. <laughs> but I do want to thank my guests this week. As always, the lovely and talented award winner, Val Gomez. Yellow. And the lovely and talented Ashley Hepworth from beautiful... Ottawa, Ottawa, Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) We won't get any more specific than that. This street, Uh, next to this house. Yeah, and hopefully we can have you. We'll have Val back again soon, and Mm -hmm. Ashley, you're always welcome here. Yeah, get Mike, and we can do. We could talk about the onesie. Oh my god! Let him have his side of the story. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be season three. He definitely picked that thing out. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And as always, if you make it this far into the podcast, I like to reward or treat or wherever you like to call it everybody who's been listening with my suggestion of the band of the week and my song of the week. And so this week we're getting a little we're getting a little bit south of the border. Not south of the border. I mean, we're going to the other side of the whole freaking world, unless of course you're on the other side of the world. It depends where you are. But I'm talking about this fantastic band called Pino. I think it's called Pino, 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 something like that, P-N-A-U, and they're fantastic. If you guys are familiar with the band Empires of the Sun, uh, which you probably are, they've had a couple of big songs that were on Entourage, and that also Jay-Z used them on his uh, Blueprint 3 album. But anyways, the two guys from the Empire of the Suns both had other bands, so t- technically Empire of the Suns is their side band, which I only knew about that band. But Pino is one of the members' original band, and that's how I found out about them was in a interview with Empires of the Sun, because they have a new album coming out in June. And they were saying, yeah, this was just supposed to be a side gig, but it got so big, you know, we had our original bands. One member is from the Sleepy Jackson, which I actually didn't know. They have a great song called Good Dancer, Something Dancer. Look up Sleepy Jackson Dancer, you'll like that song. But then I was like, okay, so these other member has a group called Pino. And then I checked them out. It sounds a lot like Empire of the Sun. Very dancey, very electronic, very kind of synthesizer coolness. I've had a song by them on repeat for the last two or three weeks. And I think you guys will really like it. It's called Embrace by Pino. And I am going to write out that song now as we end the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. And this is Embrace by Pino. Now, like I said, if you like this song, if you like tonight's episode... If you like the guests, if you like the topics, or if you didn't even like it, as always, you can get in contact with us a couple different ways. You can start by following me on Twitter. I will follow you back. Just search at Malencamp, M-A-L-L-O-N-C-A-M-P. Doing my best robot voice there. 
Like us on Facebook. You know, I've been getting a really good response on Twitter, but I gotta get all my likes on Facebook. So just search live at 605. You can find us there. Like the page. We got extra bonus content, whether it's pictures or music videos or just whatever it is. You'll find a lot of cool stuff there. And what else? We got the Gmail account. You can email me questions, concerns, topics, or just ingredients for a fantastic dinner. So live at 605 at gmail.com. And you guys already know how to get in contact with me. I'm not going to bore you with that. I want to thank my two guests this week, the award winner herself, Val Gomez, and of course, the lovely lady from beautiful Ottawa, Ontario, Ashley Hepworth. So thank you to both of them. I think it was a lot of fun, and I'll be back next week. New topics, new guests, new shirt. I'm your podcaster, John. Be easy.